0: Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, brought to you by the parent company, Grow Program. Grow Program helps agents utilize online tools to help market and brand their agency online. Find out more information at www.growprogram.com. Also remember, we have a very strict antitrust and comments policy. You can find those policies online at agentsinfluence.com. Now, let your voice be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Let's go. Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence once again. And uh, we're still in the month of July. This will be the last podcast we do where we're talking about the brick and mortar versus the uh, virtual agent. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys enjoyed The podcast that I had done so much where I had talked specifically about what I had done, I had another agent who I was communicating with who said that him and I do things very similar, Um, and it's amazing because we've never talked to each other outside of today was the first time, and so I've brought him onto the podcast just to give you guys another taste and another view of how another agent who is virtual out there is kind of doing it. So we're going to kind of start from A and go to Z with him and just kind of let it know. And and you can once again compare it and see how you're running your agency out there. Maybe if you want to change your agency to a virtual, maybe that's something you've been thinking about doing. You can pick up some of his tips, some of his strategies, some of the tips and strategies I have. And uh, you'll get to see the glory and the wonderful expenses uh, that we save and the freedom we have. Um, and the productivity and the efficiency that we believe we get out of having a virtual agency, at least I do, as opposed to some of the brick and mortar where you're bo- bothered with the managers and other staff and other producers who want to tell you what happened at the ball game last night. And why we believe that those things are vital, um, I do believe that sometimes they can be an interference to our efficiency. So here we go. We have got uh, Travis Swain. I'm going to let him introduce who he is and his agency, and uh, Travis, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I'm pretty sure the listeners are going to enjoy this, so we'll just start by, why don't you tell us uh, who you're with and uh, give us a little bit of your background, and then we'll jump right into your agency today.
1: Well, thanks, Jason. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners. I own a small virtual insurance agency, and I say small, relatively speaking, it's I call it T.A. Swain Insurance Group. It's really nothing special, just like any other insurance agency. I didn't get into being a virtual insurance agency by choice. I have to preface myself with a bit of a disclaimer here and say that I am an A1 knucklehead. If there are any mistakes to be made, I will make them. (laughs) And that's exactly how I ended up becoming a virtual agent. I started out in the insurance business as a captive agent, Okay. and I didn't have any insurance background, so this was actually a great start for me to get into the industry because it introduced me to the insurance products and different sales techniques for these particular products. Now, the idea was we were brought in as business owners, so they were also supposed to be teaching us how to be business owners and run an insurance agency, and they all used the ubiquitous brick and mortar model right? right, And it was relatively coosh because my rent and utilities was subsidized. I got a salary plus commission based upon quotas and meeting sales goals. I was provided all my computers, my fax, printer, copier, all my software for the agency management system. I even got a stipend for marketing purposes. And E&O was on a group coverage, so it was less than 50 bucks a month. It sounds like it's really nice. Like, wow, you just had it made. Everything was provided for you. All you had to do was sell the products. And that is exactly how it was set up. I wasn't actually running a business because the business was already running. It was a model that they put out there, and it worked. It was kind of a cookie-cutter approach. After about two and a half years, though, I started to run into this problem of I only represented one company. And when that one company decides they're not profiting enough or they're not profiting at all, they do what all companies do. They tighten up underwriting and they increase rates. And I know we've got this sort of double-edged sword of we don't want to be selling our products as if they're commoditized products, right? We're solely on price. We want to sell more on value. right? And this is the messages that we get from our carriers, too. They essentially advertise and teach the consumer to buy based on price, right? Right. Those who switch to us save this much. So in the consumer's mind, it's all about price. Yet when they come to us, they ask us, sell us on value. I agree. And it's kind of, it's kind of you know, they put us in a tough situation. Because it's not so much the company that is creating the value to the consumer, it's us, the agent, the ones who are with them face-to-face, the ones who they speak to, the ones who they reach out to for advice. We're the ones who actually offer the value, not so much the company. The company is, is more of a brand. They're offering the product, and we're representing the company and its product. So here I was, stuck with just one company amongst many companies operating in my state of Ohio. And once the underwriting tightened up and the rates increased, it got to the point where my current clients were saying, I love you, Travis, but I can't afford you, or the company doesn't want my business anymore. They're non renewing me. And I couldn't seem to bring in the new business because I just simply wasn't competing with just one carrier. So I made a conscious decision to transition to an independent insurance agency.
0: How long ago was that?
1: That was in June of 2009.
0: Okay, wow. Just about six months before I made my change. Okay.
1: Right. And what a great time in terms of what was going on with the economy to be making changes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Still, to get involved in the insurance industry in 2007 was, it took some kahunas as well. But uh, I made this decision. I just thought it was going to be best not only for, myself but primarily for my clients I would be able to serve my clients better so if I had them with a company that maybe uh, whatever was going on wasn't going to be a good fit for them I could at least find another another fit and they could stay with me and the value of my service that I was offering to my clients we could maintain that and be assured that we wouldn't have to disconnect
0: so Travis did you have any problems uh gaining markets I know that's a question I get a lot
1: uh, once I made the switch to independent? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It actually it did exactly what I'd hoped, which was it, it opened up more opportunities because being able to represent a number of different carriers, not only are you in a way sort of pitting them against one another to compete within your own agency on behalf of your clients, but it also opens up opportunities to deal with carriers that might have products that other carriers do not want to carry. Right. Now, this Travis, and I, ran into and, on the-
0: and I feel you on that, but my question was, uh, I apologize if I didn't phrase it correctly, I, I, did you have a hard time get, gaining uh, access to those markets? No. You didn't. So you just called up Company A and said, hey, I would like to represent you, and they said Okay.
1: No, I, I, uh, I took an MGA route. Okay. I went with uh, one of these managing general agencies. Okay. I don't know if I'm due to the trust, if I'm allowed to name them. But they're essentially my vendor. Okay. And I went with them for immediate access to some of the larger carriers. And I did my research prior to making this decision because there are a number of different avenues that you can go down. And I chose them for specific reasons. And I went with them, but because of my experience in my prior book of business with the captive, I really didn't have a problem garnering the appointments. They saw that I was able to produce, and that I had a clear understanding of the products in the industry. And then I was able to garner uh, direct appointments relatively easy as well.
0: Yeah, I but ran that, into that, similar situations. due
1: to... Rel- Go ahead. Yeah, that was that was mostly to do with the uh, the fact that I just had the prior experience, and of course I had the metrics to show that you bring me on to represent your company and your products, and I can get them sold.
0: You know, I think that's a big key right there, Travis. That's a question that I get a, a number one question I got was uh, uh, received was about the the contracts. And Jason, did you have a hard time securing contracts when you went out on your own? And I really didn't. I mean, I've explained that uh, I went with one of the aggregators as well. But the thing is, is that all my commercial contracts, I got those. Those came with me direct outside of that. And the reason was, is what you just said, Travis. They had seen the performance while I was in the agency. um, So they knew that that performance would come. And I have to say, um, I think that uh, for all the listeners out there, if you're producing for a company, they're going to come with you. Would you not agree with that, Travis? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're yeah. not producing, yeah, that's another that's another question. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's well, a...
1: it's it's going to be a tough sell. It's like applying for a position that you have no qualifications for. Yeah. I think I can do it, but that's not <laughs> going to cut it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any staff? Do you uh, do you have anybody that works with you, or is just you?
1: Uh, I do not. I did when I was on the captive side, and then when I went independent. Uh, I I just simply couldn't afford staff, and like I said, being an A1 knucklehead that I am, I went into independent all gung-ho, like, oh, I'm just going to crush it. You know, nothing's going to stop me. I have no barriers. I control everything. This is my empire, and then reality set in, and it was like, wow, that rent and utility is awfully expensive. Oh, that phone service is really expensive. Computers are really expensive. Software is really expensive. E&O has has quadrupled, right? So I saw my expenses just skyrocket, and I fell flat on my face right out the gate. I could not produce enough to cover for my business expenses, let alone my personal expenses. There was no profit. I was in the red. Gotcha. And I think most most people would probably just – cut their losses, and go find something else. But there was some fire burning in my belly that I just believed in myself and believed that I could do this, and I would figure it out, and I just kept plugging away. In spite of all the losses, I just i, I kept hammering. And yep. uh, I got myself in a situation where I was stranded from the office. I was It was really a kind of low point. Ironically, I'm still building my business, but nobody knows that in, on, in the background, I was struggling. I was right. struggling a lot. And uh, I'm sitting up there in my, at the time I had this little apartment, <laughs> and I'm stranded. I can't get into my own office. But I had my laptop, and I had a smartphone. And at the time, this was before uh, carriers were allowing for tethering. So I downloaded an app off of uh, the market called PBA Net. And it allowed me to tether my phone to my laptop so I could use the data off my phone to get internet connection on my laptop. And I paid a one-time $15 fee so that I could access secure sites, which is what all the carriers operate on, HTTPS, right? Right. And this light bulb went off. Oh, my gosh. I was running my business, stranded in my apartment with a smartphone and a laptop.
0: <laughs>
1: and all my, all my phone calls were being... You know, I couldn't answer the phones because I wasn't in the office, but the messages were sent to me via email as an attachment. So if it was important, people obviously left a message, and I was able to call people back. I was able to handle my business almost stranded on a desolate island all by myself with just a smartphone and a laptop, and that was my big aha moment. That was my epiphany. Why am I paying or putting myself in this position to owe all this money for all this business overhead that is superfluous? I don't need it. People were no longer coming into my office to pay their insurance premiums. They would set it up for automatic withdrawal. And if they didn't have a bank account, guess what? They could go to a Walmart and get a little debit card and set it up on that. I mean, there were just so many ways that nobody had to take the time to cross town. And if I needed to meet with somebody, I could always go to them, which was more convenient to them, and created value. Right. Right? It's awesome. So... It's awesome (laughs) that was that was my big moment where I realized I don't need all of this and then I started looking at ways on how can I go completely virtual what will be necessary what sort of products and services do I need and then I started seeking out the vendors that were offering those until I finally found the group that I liked and virtually overnight I went from having overhead expenses that average about $1,500 a month down to $525 a month. That's all it costs to run my business. Now it's up around $800. I spend a little bit more. That, I, that's, I got that's, what mine,
0: that's what I've been telling the listeners for a while. Mine's between 700 to to 1000 outside of Lori. That, that's, what, that's what mine were. Yeah, so very similar there as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, a huge reduction. So it immediately opened up profit. right? Right. It was nice to be able to start paying myself. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like I said, I struggled through this transition I made one mistake after another and found myself forced to become virtual because I had no choice. If I was going to run my business, I would have to figure out a way to run it from wherever I was at, at any point in time. And that came about simply by having a smartphone with data or internet and a laptop.
0: Boom. Boom boom I, boom boom
1: that's that's that became virtual and then it was just kind of fine tuning the whole systems on on uh, how you operate and the business development side and that's just come through a lot of trial and error
0: mm-hmm. but I
1: feel pretty confident I've got a I've got some good systems in place now don't get me wrong being an a one knucklehead I've got a lot more to learn which is why I so appreciate you and your your friends and your associates with your grow program, your agent influence, this new mastermind group. There's so much more to learn and so much, so much more to, to grow with. So I'm, I'm not, now I, I can't say that I've reached my apex or I'm, I'm at the top and you'll see me on some sort of Forbes list here anytime soon. But I certainly feel as though I ended up, uh, coming upon something here that uh, was unique and different. And I thought I was all alone. I was actually ashamed because I felt like I was a failure because everybody in the industry just thinks brick and mortar and especially the carriers. They come at you thinking, where's your office? Where's your office? Mm -hmm. And I always felt kind of awkward. Like I don't want to admit to them that I don't have an office, you know? I don't want to admit to anybody else that I didn't have an office as if it was some sort of symbol of failure. I was not a (laughs) successful insurance agent or agency owner because I wasn't spitting out all this money paying for all this overhead for space and utilities that I didn't really need.
0: Oh, wow. I so relate to that, my friend. I so relate to that. So were you able to (laughs) get over that? I mean, do you feel differently about that now obviously?
1: Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly when the change was. I think it was probably because, you know, it, it, not only do we work on our business development, but we work on personal development. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at other business leaders, I suppose, and I'll, I'll read the documentaries or the biographies and what have you. And I think I was influenced by some of our contemporaries about getting out in front of your brand, uh, being authentic, these sorts of ideas. And I think I just got to this point where I was just like, I'm tired of trying to create a sort of facade that I'm something other than what I really am. Because that's not fair to myself as an individual. And it's certainly not fair to anybody I want to serve in my community if I'm constantly wearing some sort of mask. And then I thought to myself real hard, I was like, what, what exactly is so shameful about figuring out a way to run a business so efficiently that you can do it from anywhere in the world at any time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and when I really thought about it, I was like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. This is genius. This is absolutely brilliant. Everybody <laughs> should realize this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I started, I started mapping out in my head like, well, I'm going to put together some systems and I'm going to figure out how to really get this all together so that basically – Anybody that really has a true desire to, they can do this, right? Yeah. And just as I was sitting down, writing down, getting notes, putting things together, I read this article in the Insurance Journal, and it references this Jason Cass and his virtual insurance agency. And I said, my God, <laughs> there it is, right? <laughs> and I, you, got, you, just, you and your guys, you just opened it all up where I was like, I knew it. I wasn't alone in this world. Yeah. It wasn't just me. Wow. There were others, and that's when I I started reaching out to you and and following you guys and learning from you guys.
0: Fantastic, man. That is that is really awesome, and that is a great that is a great story. Way better than I anticipated. I mean, to all the listeners out there, Travis and I did not talk about this before. So as you're hearing this, I'm hearing this for the first time as well. I'm overly excited, as you guys know I have a huge passion, I even have a couple goosebumps because it's really great to know and if you can hear the excitement in his voice, realize it's just not me, that uh, as he said, and I I love it, uh, it was genius, I mean it really is, we're able to do everything you're able to do in your brick and mortar office, but able to do it in a virtual setting. And you know what? I, I gotta say, Travis, probably in the sixties, seventies, maybe even the eighties, maybe even nineties, I think that they maybe the society would have looked different upon us because we didn't have the tools in order to, and and the systems that the consumer is used to today of paying everything online. But today it's now almost flipped to where they it's not that they down you for having brick and mortar, but once they see that I have virtual, I have had many of my clients say I now see why you do this. You know, I mean, why would you not need to do? This? Why would you do this? Why would I have that huge brick and mortar office? And um, and and then there's a lot of other efficiencies and stuff out there that you know of. But it's uh, that's awesome. Hey, what percentage of you are are you uh, commercial, personal lines, life, health? What are you? Uh,
1: I'm mostly P and C. I do life insurance, uh, just as a product to make it well-rounded for my personal lines. How so, much are 50-50. you? 50-50.
0: Oh, you're per- 50-50 commercial and personal. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. I'm 50-50. I don't. i right. not like 50-50. I'm not writing the huge commercial books of business. I uh, do a lot of, I wouldn't say mid-market, because mid-market, the way it connotes with the carriers is much different than what I see. But more small businesses, your main street businesses, i have a niche market that i've coined real estate investment insurance i deal a lot with real estate investors okay so a lot of my commercial market is on habitation but i'll do do your salons a lot of general uh, stuff other shops yeah just your main street sort of businesses that are still forced to be brick and mortar they don't have a choice small grocery stores travis yeah. i don't
0: mind i don't mind if you don't mind me asking are you married
1: uh, I am not. <laughs> that was that was part of the whole falling on my face out the gate. Uh, that put a lot of stress. My my employee that I had during my captive years was actually my wife. Okay. Uh, when I transitioned us to an independent insurance agency and wasn't able to produce at the level that I really thought I was going to be able to, and fell down financially, it was a bit of stress for her. She parlayed her experience uh, to get a job with a a uh, well-known insurance company, but she took the salary and the benefits with her. So
0: I I, I I found myself building
1: a business from scratch and going through a divorce and custody battle at the same time, which is why I say, like, I kept so much hidden. Nobody really knew the travails that I was going through. So in a way, I'm, I'm awfully proud of myself for going up against such insurmountable odds and actually conquering them. We have a great relationship, and we work together to raise our children and what have you. But it certainly added to the stress of the transition from going from captive to independent, while at the same time going through a divorce.
0: Well, you know, fabulous. And and Travis, um, if anybody out there wants to reach out to you, um, what what is an address that they could uh, that they could notice, that they could get a hold of you at? What email address?
1: Would be my first name, Travis T R A V I S at TASwayingroup.com, T-A-S-W-A-I-N, as in Nancy, group.com. Um,
0: okay, all right. Well, that would be fantastic, because I'm pretty sure you will find out that people will like to reach out to you. This is just not you and I, Travis. This is something that a lot of people are thinking about, and I think, as you've heard me talk about before, um, if you're an agency owner out there, it's time to um, get to know your employees. We've always said that our employees and our producers or whatever are our greatest asset. And it's important to treat them like that because of what I've done and what Travis has done. And I could name about three or four other agents is that it is possible. I mean, ask yourself as an agency owner or as a producer. I mean, it changes the ball game when it's too expensive to go out there on your own. And now you can go out there between 500 to $800 to $1,000 um, per month. That all of a sudden opens up the possibilities huge. So, Travis, wrapping this up, is there anything really that, that, that we didn't get to that you want to talk about? Um, is that you want to say to people out there?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to highlight, I had outlined this the other day because I had somebody come to me inquiring about possibly getting involved in our business. And wanted to know how I did it. And I wrote it out and realized that it's, it's rather simple. It's not complex. The foundations of what you need to do this. Now, for those that are transitioning from brick and mortar to virtual, you're already familiar with all of these things. But if it's somebody that's thinking about getting into the business, which I still think there are plenty of opportunities for uh, fresh agents out there there's really just some main foundations that you need to run a virtual insurance agency. You need your error and omissions insurance. You need access to carriers. You need the management system, comparative radar, website, and email. You need a phone service. And then the all important aspect is the business operations and systems and business development. That last aspect is where I encourage everybody to continue following you in the agent influence, your grow program, And if you get an opportunity, apply to the mastermind. It is exclusive, but still, it's worth the effort. Continue to follow what you're doing and what your friends and associates are helping to lead because this is huge, and this is a big game changer for our industry. And there's a lot of changes going on with all the mergers and acquisitions, the increased levels of quotas coming down from the carriers that make it difficult for scratch or upstart, agents, but there are still opportunities, and the most viable way to really take advantage of this opportunity is through the virtual insurance agency, and it is the way of the future, and it is what I believe you are going to start seeing. Even in the larger agencies, they'll start to take advantage of a lot of what we've developed through our own trial and error. So these are exciting times. I'm looking forward to the future. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what's going on uh, with what we're doing and seeing that spread out and how it's going to uh, eventually affect the industry as a whole.
0: Travis, you've been fantastic. I greatly appreciate it, and I am going to give a shout out for my friend. You've heard Travis mention it a couple times. My uh, business partner here at Agents Influence Brian Appleton, has started Insurance uh, Mastermind. You can find the link to it inside the podcast um, email. Um, That is an exclusive group that you can get through. He's also right now giving away a free um, interview. Um, I'm saying that because that's what he told me. I'm hoping that's still available um, to where you just don't get so much of mine being a virtual. He did an hour conversation with me that talks about a lot of different things that I do as far as the business side of it. So that's insurancemastermind.com. So, Travis, thank you for your time. I think you've been a wonderful asset. Um, I'm not saying that I thought that it was going to be bad, but it turned out way better than I expected. Um, You gave a great story. Um, It came from the heart. Um, you're doing it like I'm doing it in 5, 10 years. They were gonna, they're going to say we were the pioneers and you and I both know we weren't the pioneers. We were the idiots who decided to step outside of the norm <laughs> and try something. And we failed a million times and we finally got it right. And as you're right about this, we're learning so much and there's things we're doing today that we're going to look back three years from now and say, I can't believe I did that. It was so much easier. Travis, thank you for your time. Right. Thanks for uh, being a part of, of Agents Influence uh, Mastermind, or excuse me, Agents Influence Podcast. Also, be sure to check out the Grow Program. Uh, we are going to be starting DEMA here, which is going to be September 1st, which is the Digital Insurance uh, Marketing Academy. Uh, We've got a lot of great things going on there. Please sign up for thegrowprogram.com. Uh, sign up for our, our newsletters and our emails, and you'll get everything in there. This has been the Agents Influence Podcast with Jason Cass. And that wraps it up uh, for the month of July, the brick and mortar. Next coming next month, uh, I've got a couple topics. I'm not exactly sure, so I'll keep you guys um, on the uh, limbo there and trying to figure out exactly what it's going to be. And it's going to be an exciting month next month, no matter what topic it is. Jason Cass, agentsinfluence.com. Thanks.